Hello and welcome to Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. This week we're going to talk about tantrums because how do you feel when your child is having a tantrum? Generally, most people feel frustrated, irritated, worried maybe, embarrassed, overwhelmed or just plain angry. So this week... Let's look at what's actually going on for your child when they're having a tantrum, why they're having a tantrum and what you can do to help them throughout it. Because how you feel depends on obviously what's going on for you at the time, but also how you view tantrums. So this week, let's flip your view of tantrums on its head and let's start to see the benefits of them and learn how to best respond to our child whilst they're having a tantrum. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So what do you tell yourself when your child is having a tantrum? Do you think that they're out of control, that they're just doing it for attention, that they're doing it deliberately as a means of getting their own way? Because tantrums can be really challenging to deal with, can't they? They're noisy, they're messy, and they're often highly inconvenient. They always happen at a time when you're trying to get out of the house or you're out and about or something else is going on. And that means that they can also often be embarrassing, annoying, and really frustrating. Because our kids get upset over seemingly ridiculous things, which can lead us to then dismissing them tantrums as silly or over the top or just plain ridiculous and we can then feel super frustrated. We can also even feel bewildered. I bet you feel just going, why are you having a cry over this? And because we just don't understand why they're behaving in that way. Because it's easy to think, who cares whether you drink out of a pink cup or a blue cup? Or why is it such a big deal to you that I have one blueberry out of your entire planet of blueberries or whatever it is? And honestly, for goodness sake, you haven't played with that toy in ages. So why are you getting upset now that your little brother has just suddenly picked it up? It's always the case between my brother and I. We always got annoyed when the other person picked up our toy. Because it's easy to worry that they're behaving like spoilt brats. And if you allow them to get away with it, then they're just going to be spoilt and be brattish and not be able to deal with life as it is. And we can think that they just need to suck it up and learn to deal with life's inevitable disappointments without making such a fuss. And then perhaps you might think that they need to learn. They just need to learn that this behavior is unacceptable and that they are not going to get what they want simply because they're behaving like this. Or you might be worried that they're working themselves up into such a state because you hate seeing your child so upset. Sometimes we can feel upset about it. A lot of the time we can just feel annoyed <laughs> and really frustrated with it. But there's so many judgments that goes on in our minds when our children are behaving that way. And so when we're feeling judgments and fears and you know we've got our own feelings going on, it then governs how we respond to our child. Because for generations, it has been advocated that we need to focus on purely stopping the tantrum and teaching the child that that behavior is just not acceptable. And so often it's about isolating the child, sending them off to their room, going, well, you just need to go and calm down or time out and learn, you know, think about your actions and learn what behavior, you know, that how unacceptable this behavior is and that this is not going to get your way. Often the shaming involved, such as laughing at the child who's having a tantrum or mimicking them. I've seen so many YouTube videos about that. 
even trying to separate the behavior from the child can be problematic because sometimes we can say, I love you, darling, but I don't love this behavior. And that can be really problematic because we're all made up of our behaviors, aren't we? And our behaviors are determined by our emotions. So to tell a child that, of course, you love them, but not their behavior can be really confusing and sort of implies that that part of them is not acceptable to you. It's a, it's a world fraught with difficulties, isn't it? On knowing how to do, how to best respond. But that comes from a lack of understanding about why your child is tantruming in the first place and really just how beneficial a tantrum is. So let's reframe tantrums. And because when we can reframe that, we can then change our behavior to then help our child in a more effective way in the heat of the moment. The key things to know is that your child actually can't help it. They're not tantruming deliberately to get their own way or because they're spoiled or whatever it is, you know, judgment that you have around it. They actually can't help it. And the key thing to take away, whatever, however your child is behaving, whether they're tantruming or not, is that there's always a valid reason why your child is behaving the way that they do. So in the case of tantrums, there's always a valid reason why your child is having a tantrum. Now, you may never know what that reason is. And even when you do figure it, figure it out, you may not actually agree with that tantrum, with the reason. But for your child, they have a valid reason for behaving the way that they do. It's also important, and we're going to talk about this more, is it's frequently not about the issue that they're actually crying over. So they may be crying over the wrong color plate, but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on underneath it, which I'll explain more in a minute. It's really key to understand that tantrums are actually really healthy. They're normal. Every child does them. And they're healthy. They're a healthy response to stress. And the stress that I'm talking about could just be an accumulation of everyday stress, you know, everyday annoyances that build up, or it could be more serious than that. But they're actually really healthy ways to deal with stress because a tantrum helps to offload the stress. And that's something that you really want to help your child with is how they can work on their emotions to be freer of them, particularly offload their upset feelings. Tantrums can also strengthen your connection with your child, which I know seems really like, what? How would that happen? <laughs> but as you'll see, it can really help strengthen the connection with your child. And it can lead, tantrums can lead to your child feeling more relaxed, becoming more cooperative, being more loving, and in turn becoming more resilient and more confident in challenging situations. There really is so many benefits to tantrums that have not been fully understood in the past. But now we can reframe them and again, re and help our children during those difficult times in a more effective way. So all of those things, some of them, some of those reasons you may be familiar with already, some of them may be new to you, but it's a whole different way of looking at tantrums, isn't it? It's actually going, oh my goodness, they're actually helpful. They're normal. They're natural. So what can we do? Now, before we go into anything else, the key to tantrums having such a positive outcome for your child is that you stay with your child whilst they're having a tantrum. This is not about letting your child tantrum because it's good for them, but they're doing it on their own in another part of the room or in another part of the house or wherever it is that they're away from you. Have the success 
beautiful outcome for a tantrum is having you with them and that you stay connected with them. You offer your connection, you offer your empathy throughout. That is the real difference of way. That is the real key to helping a tantrum being helpful for your child rather than just this chaotic emotional nightmare that you all have to deal with. So let's look at what's going on for your child when they're having a tantrum. It's important to remember that your child's feelings drive their behavior. So when they're happy, they're easy, they're cooperative, they're loving, you know, all of those gorgeous things. It's when they're unhappy, when they're stressed, when there's something upsetting them, that they become uncooperative, that they become aggressive and, you know, cry at the drop of the hat and whiny and all of those annoying things. It's driven by their emotions. But it can be hard for your child to fully articulate or to even know themselves why they're feeling stressed, why they're getting upset all the time, because sometimes it's just an indeterminate feeling, isn't it? They just feel off. They just feel yucky. Or it can just be really hard to put it into words. So what happens with a tantrum is that your child will focus on something that's tangible, such as the wrong colored plate, or you've put the toy in the wrong place, or you perfectly given them perfectly reasonable options of what they can wear in the morning and nothing satisfies them. I'm sure these are very familiar um, experiences for you when you're being perfectly reasonable and your child is just not being reasonable and they're crying at the drop of the hat. They're getting really angry over minor things and you're just going, what on earth is going on here? What is wrong with you? Why are you behaving like this? Because you don't understand why, you know, yesterday they were perfectly fine to do whatever it is you're asking them today. But today it's just like, it's the end of the world. They cannot do it. And the reason is, is because those are tangible things. Those are things that your children can focus all of their yucky, upset feelings on, on that particular thing, because it's something tangible, it's something obvious, and it's something really clear that they can get upset about. It View it as like the wrong colored plate is a catalyst. Aletha Salter, who founded Aware Parenting, she calls it a broken cookie. So if you imagine that you give your child a biscuit and it's broken. Now you might offer the biscuit in two halves so that it's exactly the same amount or maybe a little bit is missing and your child just falls apart that the fact about that this biscuit is broken. And you're like, it tastes the same. You've got the same amount here. Here's the two little pieces that go together or, you know, don't worry about it. You can have another biscuit or whatever it is, but they completely fall apart about it. And that is because it's something tangible for them to focus on. So you might hear me or other guests talk about broken cookie. That's what we're talking about. I often refer to the wrong color plate because that's what my daughter used to focus on enormously. So when you can understand that this is a catalyst, it's, it's something that they can focus on for all of their upset feelings to come out. You can then start to see that upset in a different light. And so while it appears on the surface that they're crying about, you know, the wrong color plate or the broken biscuit or whatever it is, there actually is all these other upset feelings that are just coursing throughout their body that then start to come up and out. And it's not like you can separate. I sometimes have clients asking me, well, if I work with separation anxiety over here, does that, you know, what about their upset feelings about a sibling or whatever it is over there? It's sort of thinking that they're two completely separate upset feelings and that you can only deal with one at a time. When your child cries and tantrums with you, they're letting out everything. 
you know, it's not, the feelings are not compartmentalized. They're just going to come up and out. So when your child has the biggest cry for the wrong color plate, they're probably crying about the fact that they miss you when they go to daycare or school, that their friend was being mean to them. Perhaps they were scared one time when you shouted at them. Maybe they feel that you love their sister more than they, than you love them. All of those things that have been building up get to come out because you've given them the wrong colored plate. Can you see how there's there's depth to those feelings, that there's there's a greater body of emotions sitting behind the wrong colored plate and that that wrong colored plate is the perfect opportunity for your child to just completely fall apart and just cry, tantrum, rage about it because all of those big upset feelings are coming out. Sometimes after a tantrum, your child may want to go into why they were having a feeling. They might go, mommy, it wasn't about the plate. It was about X, Y, Z. It happened at daycare or school or whatever. Oftentimes your child won't want to talk about it. And that's completely fine. The point is, is that you give them the space for them to offload those feelings whilst they're focusing on the plate. It doesn't matter that you don't know necessarily what's going on. Um, One of my clients described it so beautifully. The healing, the listening is the healing. So we always love to jump in and analyze and rationalize and talk about things. But young children, they're in their body more. Their emotions are governing them more. So once they've offloaded those emotions, they're fine. They don't need to analyze it. And also sometimes when you want to analyze things afterwards, it can make them start to feel a bit more self-conscious about what they're doing because it's like they're doing a process rather than they're just feeling the feelings with you. Then they're done and then they can go off for the rest of the day. So allow your child to fully express those feelings with you. It's messy. It's certainly noisy. They can be sort of flailing around on the floor and kicking and holding their, you know, thrashing their arms around the place. And that is really normal because our emotions are running throughout our body. It's not just, you know, in one little part of our brain where we go, oh, I'm a bit sad. No, you feel that throughout your body. You feel the rage throughout your body and your children need to express it. And the movement and the sort of shaking and the flailing around, I'm flailing my arms here as I'm talking about, it's such a physical release and that's healthy. So the way you want to do it is you want to be close enough to your child to help them with their feelings that they can feel your connection near them But obviously you need to stop them about hitting or throwing or anything else like that. And we will talk about separately about how to actually be with your child when they're like that. But just know that their physical response during a tantrum is really good. It's really healthy. It's really serving a really, really good process. So you staying close with them throughout is going to help them release those feelings that has been driving the whiny behavior and everything else that's been going on. And because when they can release them, then they, they're they free of them. They've moved through it. They're out the other side. They're off. They're off going to have a play or they might, they might then want to have a nice little cuddle in your lap. They might then find it easier to go to sleep. But generally, huh, they're off. And every time I do this with my children... It's particularly as an example for my my daughter, if she's been really antsy at her brother, really rude and uncooperative to me, she'll have a tantrum with me and a really big emotional outburst. And then, oh my goodness, at the end of it, we are cuddling like 
just crazy. And then she's just beautiful with her younger brother. She will then go and have patience with him while he's trying to do something. And she will play with him so beautifully because she's had the opportunity to offload any upset feelings that have been going, building up within her. And as our children get older, they can hold on to their feelings much, much more, but they're still there. And so then there comes a point when they need to come up and out. She's had the opportunity to offload with me. I've provided the empathy and the connection throughout. She's relaxed. Her body is relaxed. Her mind is working well. She can then willingly and happily go and play with her brother or whatever it is that was bothering her beforehand. These tantrums are such a powerful way for our children to offload what's going on for them so that they can then go back to being their beautiful, gorgeous selves, free of them. Likewise, if your child is feeling frustrated or underconfident or, you know, unsure about doing something perhaps physical or connecting with friends, they might, those of you who, you know, have to help your children with homework, you can see the frustration, can't you? And they just can't do it. And then they just get so worked up that they can't do this particular problem. Or you'll see it with your younger children. They're desperately trying to do something and they can't quite do it because they're trying to master this skill. That frustration is really real. If you can then stay with your child whilst they're having a tantrum about not being able to do that thing or the thing that they're worried about, what you'll notice at the end of it is your child will then be able to go back and either try that problem, like that homework problem, or they then might try and then climb up something again if they're younger. And they'll be able to do it much more successfully because then brain is no longer clouded by those upset, yucky feelings that is preventing them from really expansively trying out these new um, issues that they're trying to to solve and that they will feel much more confident and their brain, as I said, will be able to work on that issue much, much more clearly. clearly. And so in the homework example, they'll then be able to to figure that out much more ably or they will be more open to help you helping them get to that answer. So don't feel that they can't get frustrated or or they have to articulate in words their frustration. Sometimes they just need to have a big old rant about it or they need to have a big old cry about it. And that expression of their anger and their frustration and their um, inability to do something is really helpful because when they can release that, then they can then go and solve it. Then they can then go and address it. And it really, really shifts things for them. So can you start to see just how powerful tantrums are? And how unhelpful it actually can be to stop our children from having tantrums. Because when we stop our children from fully expressing themselves, when we stop them from offloading the upset feelings that's driving the challenging behavior, then those, what happens to those feelings? They don't just magically disappear. They get stuck inside. We sort of push them down and they, get, they stay within, within your child which then means that they can either turn inwards in like the form of anxiety or they can turn outwards in the form of aggression. So we need to help, the more that we can help our children with these feelings to actually offload them, the less anxious they'll become, they'll be, the more confident they'll become and the less aggressive and the more cooperative they will be. You can really see how when when we really truly understand how much emotions drive behavior, when we can help our children with emotions, their behavior improves. Now talking about things can work 
work to some extent. But just remember that the part of the brain that governs language is not the same as the part that governs emotions. So talking is helpful. And as your children get older, you can still, you know, you can talk to them about it more and more and more. But it doesn't replace the emotional expression of their feelings. You still find it helpful. I'm a 46 year old woman and I still cry. Crying can be really helpful, but it need, it's only helpful when it's done with somebody else. So if I'm crying on my own, it's not that helpful. But if I'm crying with a friend listening to me, oh, it's transformative. Same with your child. If you can keep connected with them whilst they're having those upset feelings and offloading them, that's what's going to be so powerful. And that's why, as I said earlier on, it's tantrums can strengthen your connection. Every time I have listened to my child and stayed with them whilst they're having a tantrum, our sense of connection is strengthened afterwards. It's really, really very powerful what you can do. Now, there's some key questions and fears that always come up when I talk about tantrums. And one of them is, will my tantrum... And one of them is, will my child tantrum all the time if I let them? If I give them the space, are they just going to keep going all the time? Now, this is a bit of a two-part answer. Firstly, is that when you give your child space to have a tantrum, they will have tantrums, which is a helpful thing, as you now know. And if you've been previously blocking tantrums or distracting or whatever you've been doing, then chances are you're going to have quite a few tantrums coming up and out once you start to let your child have that opportunity. Because it, just think about it, all those feelings that have been pushed down beforehand now have the opportunity to come up and out. And you might notice that there's times of the week where it's there's more tantrums than at other times. I would find when my son first started having going to preschool, the day after his um, day at preschool was always a day of tantrums. And it was like a whole day of like, oh my God, it's one thing after the other, after the other. And sometimes it can be really draining to listen to it. But it was what he needed because he'd been holding it all together for the previous one or two days at preschool. And then being at home with me meant he had that opportunity to offload everything that had been building up in him. So having tantrums, they may be more frequent at some points and they may be more frequent when you first start. But just know that they're not going to keep happening because when your child has a big tantrum with you, they're often done. That's it. Whereas the more that you try and repress and stop tantrums, then you'll notice that their behavior is leaking out at other opportunities. So you'll probably spend the whole morning dealing with one thing after another, after another. And it's like, oh my God, this is just constant again. You know, why can't you just play happily? Why can't you just, you know, enjoy this blah, blah, blah. blah. If you can then just stop as early as you can and go, okay, clearly you're upset. <laughs> you don't say it's in your mind. You go, okay, they, they need to get upset about something. So the first instance that they get upset about, that's when you listen to the tantrum about that. Because then when they've done that, then they will go off and play happily on their own or with their sibling. They'll be really cooperative. This, the transformation is so worth your investment of just stopping listening to a big tantrum and carrying on. If you then notice that after a little while, there's another tantrum. All that is, is it's a sign that there's more upset feelings to listen to. And this is where play and tantrums can work so beautifully together because if they're really upset and in the thick of it, then play is not the, the appropriate to, thing to do at that time. It's important to listen to the feeling, upset feelings then. But then you might be able to sort of weave a bit of play later on and then that could be enough to sustain your child 
um, throughout the day, or it could be that they need another tantrum. You need to connect in with what they're actually needing and knowing that play and tantrums, connection and crying, they all go so hand in hand, so work so beautifully together. You don't want to always be listening to the tantrums and likewise, just doing play is not always effective. You need the two together. Another fear is, will my child learn that tantrums are acceptable behavior? And so will they then start to use them deliberately in order to get their own way? Now, hopefully after listening to this episode so far, you will realize that your children are not doing it deliberately. They're not out to manipulate you. And that can be such an ingrained fear of us parents that our children are doing things deliberately to annoy us or deliberately to manipulate us in order to get their own way. We need to let go of that belief because our children are not doing that. Their emotions govern their behavior. So when we can work on their emotions, then their behavior is naturally great. It's naturally much better. So your child will only tantrum when they are overcome with upset feelings. Yes, they might get upset about other things and such as, you know, turning the TV off after this one program. And then they might, you know, if they then have a big tantrum about it, then that shows there's really big upset feelings there. But yes, they might then still go, oh, can I have another one or try and negotiate or get, you know, slightly upset. But chances are when they've had a big tantrum with you, they've offloaded their feelings, they're going to be much more flexible about whether to turn the TV off or not. They're going to be able to rethink and remember that they're going to probably have another chance tomorrow to watch TV and then they'll be much happier and able to deal with the initial disappointment in the moment. They're not going to then suddenly go, oh, tantrum worked well last time, I'm going to use it next time. No, they're going to just, it's just not going to enter into their mind. They're just going to go, oh, okay, all right, well, then let's go and do something else. It really is not a manipulative behavior. Tantrums are not forms of manipulation. They're expressions of their upset feelings that's driving their behavior. Another question is, is it hard to be with your child when they're having a tantrum? And initially, yes. And there are times when, yes, it can be really challenging to be with your child when they're having a tantrum. And generally, those times are the ones when um, you're stressed, you've got so much going on, um, you might be out in public. That's always a cracker, that one, isn't it? Um, So yeah, there are times when it is going to be challenging and you're not going to be able to respond to every tantrum, ideally. There's times when you just go, I can't deal with this now. And you know that you can deal with it another time. But when you start to really get how beneficial, healthy and natural tantrums are, then it becomes much, much easier to then stay with your child whilst they're having a tantrum. You just go, okay, I can see that you're really upset and I'm going to stay with you. And I know because I know how much better you're going to be afterwards. The reward and the benefits to you and to your child clearly are so great that it's worth going through it. You get that understanding that this is really, really beneficial. So you it will become easier. And just like anything else, the more you practice, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And when you reframe how you view tantrums, then being with your tantruming child becomes much, much easier. So the next time your child of any age becomes spectacularly unreasonable about something, now you know how to handle it better. Now you know that it's it's beneficial for your child. So I'd love for you to remember that there's always a valid reason why your child is upset. Tears, tantrums and crying are healthy ways to release stress. Your child needs you to help them throughout the tantrum. So stay close, listen, offer empathy and your connection 
whilst they're going through it, even if they're pushing you away. And we might talk about that separately in a different episode because that can be challenging. But just know that your child actually needs you to stay close. That is how the transformation works. That's how the healing works. And allow them to have full expression. Freedom to move, freedom to just say that they hate you, they hate their sister, this is just the worst thing ever. Don't try and distract Don't try and cajole them out of it. Don't try and defend your actions even. Allow them freedom of the mouth. Allow them to fully express exactly how how upset they are. Sometimes it's helpful to counter it, um, but you really want them to have a full freedom expression. Sometimes it's helpful to remind them, I love you so much, my lovely. So sometimes it's helpful, but what you really want to do is you want to listen for about 75% of the time and then maybe talk 25% of the time. The key here is to hold the space while your child works on their feelings and it's important for them to feel connected with you and the empathy from you so that they feel understood and heard and so that they can then move through them because you want them to express those feelings you because when they've offloaded them that's when the benefits are so i know it can be hard especially to begin with to be with your child in this way because chances are you won't listen to in this way hardly any adults were heard fully and allowed given that opportunity to fully express themselves when they were having a tantrums it was always viewed really negatively so don't beat yourself up if you're finding this hard know that there's support out there but the purpose of this podcast is really to offer a reframe to tantrums and to start to recognize just how powerful they are, just how important and beneficial they are to your child and ultimately to you because your child's behavior is so much better because you're helping your child with their upset feelings. All right. I hope that's helpful. I do have Annoying to Amazing, my online program, where we go into this in way more detail. And you can see videos of me listening to my son and um, role plays and all this sort of stuff, which is really, really helpful. So if you would like to find out more and to know how to actually be with your child in the midst of a tantrum, now you've got the theory, then come on over to annoyingtoamazing.com. And... um, Otherwise, just start to just notice how to be with your child. Just start to stay a bit closer. And if you can't manage it perfectly, this is not about doing it perfectly. This is about offering the connection in whatever way we can to help our children with their feelings. So good luck. And I hope that's helpful. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.